of painting myself into a corner <laughs> this month where the things that I was doing and the way that I was working my life for the last few months, all sort of, you know, the explosion that was going to happen happened. And both jobs like up my hours to where it's actually like between the two of them, it's past a full-time job. It's what, 60 hours a week. That's not necessarily a terribly difficult schedule, right? Like the number I'm sure you do 60 hours a week weeks all the time between all my jobs yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it was just that I was not putting any type of I was not putting any type of form any type of boundaries any type of anything around it and of course hindsight is twenty twenty. once you've crashed and burned is what I was doing to myself is I would see the to-do list. Can you do this? Can you do that? And I want to do it all. And even in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I can do that in this time allotted. Turns out I can't do it in that time allotted, but because I feel like I've already given my commitment, I'm going to be like, okay, let's just burn this candle to the ground and hope to find another candle when we get to the end of this one. It's so much about balance because it wasn't the workload that actually caused me to crash and burn. It was like these other things that were happening on top of it that I had no space emotionally to deal with, just no space whatsoever. And like we were talking about earlier, like the just not like hating schedules, hating schedules, but yeah, I work from home and that's a lot of responsibility. I'm supposed to set my own hours. I'm supposed to set my own, my own time frame, like all of that. I was trying to do two jobs without any type of framework <laughs> whatsoever. So when things were coming to me, I'd be like, oh, this is a to-do. And sometimes I'd drop one thing so that I can take on this next thing because it was put right in front of me and so on and so forth. So yeah, like I was forgetting things. I was dropping balls. And then I was just in a situation where so many things happened all at once. I just shut down. Like I completely shut down and I didn't have any more bandwidth other than dealing with like my dog and the things that 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 was bringing up and I have this fucking injury to my foot so I'm like I've been in pain for (laughs) weeks now and I keep discounting those things instead of bringing up and saying this is important and it's so easy to just fall into that mindset of no minimize it discount it discount it discount it when the pandemic hit, that was a lot of us the first time we were on our own and or living in spaces on our own. And the whole world went through this, this whole expansion. And But for me, I have been on my own for so much longer because when everything happened with Ash, like from that moment on, like my world and everyone around, not everyone, but most everyone around me, except my very, like the most precious people, but my family and like people in my immediate world, like they were gone. So I spent several years dealing with something on my own and compounding that whole, I don't know how to ask for help, which already was problematic. But it just got worse. And the other thing too that I didn't foresee was the effect putting out my story in a chapter was going to be. Yeah. Because I was like, I talk about 
shit on the podcast all the time. But in general, I know the audience, the listeners, regardless of whether they were in the children of God or not, but there's a community of people that I feel more comfortable sharing my sharing my life with because I know that for the most part, people are going to understand what that means. I did not anticipate what it would feel like to be like, shit, I'm putting this <laughs> out into the world. The farmer that's in, in Iowa can pick up this book and read this story of mine, which it's a little bit, it's a little bit a lot. And ended up feeling like I was under a spotlight. And not in a good way. Or just not, I was not in, in the place that to be proud of what I'd done. All, all, everything that just happened was like, all I saw was like the judgment, looming judgment <laughs> coming on top of me. So yeah, like I said, there was like all these things that just piled on top of each other at the same time. And I ran out of bandwidth to do my full-time job, my over full-time jobs. And I dropped balls. Like I, I just didn't get some things done. And I failed a couple clients that we had where they're like, what the fuck, people? Like, we're paying you for this. Why are we not getting the quality that we like that we've been getting these months before? <laughs> and of course, my boss reaches out to me and I understand completely where she's coming from because that was direct loss of income to her. <laughs> but yeah, she's cutting my pay in half for this next month. And when you're living paycheck to paycheck, that's a deep blow. And if it were just this situation where I just like really blew it, <laughs> really fucked up and, and she could genuinely say, you didn't give me the hours that you should have given me. So I'm going to doctor pay like a thousand percent. I get that. But there's like this history. I've worked for several years and not ever even getting a pay raise. And during the time that we were launching these new programs that I was trying to manage, I gave so many extra hours, unpaid hours, because I was like supporting the role, support, supporting the company. So it, it was like this double whammy of you fucked up. And not only did you fuck up, but here's like where you're completely unappreciated also or just not unappreciated but just like the totality of your work wasn't taken into consideration that was just what's going on in my head i'm not saying there was a right right or wrong of that i'm not saying it that was just it was like another thing that i added on top of it all and not really reaching out to anybody, not asking people for help, not telling people what the situation is, not telling people, hey, I'm getting overloaded. Because in a lot of ways, I didn't even realize I was getting overloaded. Because what happens is like, there's all these, not that they were little things, but they were things like, okay, like I've got this pain in my foot. Everybody has pain. I'm not walking. I'm hobbling around. And I've been doing that for six weeks. But I minimized that. I was like, okay, people have pain in there. People have pain that they deal with, that they live with. And then I'm over here and I'm like, okay, my dog is probably dying. And she's like my service dog. And she's been like, she's been by my side for nine years. And I was facing the possibility of losing her. It was just like all these little things. And so I felt shame about getting upset about these things. Maybe each on their own would have been bearable and supportable but 
when you keep stacking those things one off the other, then, you know, your sister posts in the family chat fucking YouTube song of a guy completely just fucking berating trans people. And I'm like, there's people in your family who are trans. Like, you know, and even something as I would have had the bandwidth to deal with that on some level. At this point, I just kept adding and adding. So every little thing was like this huge thing. So I crashed and burned. Oh, yeah. And I also this other person that was in another, the newer job that I have. That was triggering me so badly, so badly. And it was another thing that I was minimizing. Because I had minimized a situation that happened to me when I was working at another company. And that this person is a pee in the pod with the person that did this to me. I felt like it would show me as weak. If I acknowledge how much this was hurting and how much this was triggering me. For the last few weeks, I feel like I've just been on this stage of, here's my story and a whole bunch of people that are going to judge me based on not only just my story, but also my writing, (laughs) you know, um, trying to grow the podcast and I'm not in a position where I'm able to spend as much time engaging with our listeners (laughs) as I wish, you know, which I love them and I'm so grateful for them, but I just, I don't have the time to be able to like do that. So I tend to turn that around into a, okay, I'm being judged type of feeling which i hadn't realized until i started putting to words all this <laughs> all this other stuff happened and then i've got my clients from one company that are now depending on me because when you pull out the final brick from jenga it wasn't all of a sudden but it felt all of a sudden when it all came crashing down was like there's no place in my life right now where i'm not being judged i'm not being tested as bad as I felt about the mistakes that I made and the people that I did disappoint, because I know I disappointed people. I can take what happened and say, maybe it was important for me to have this happen because I was not paying attention. I was like, I'm going to go back into the full workforce and not only the full workforce, but double that, like extra work. And I wanted so much to prove myself like a valuable. I'm people want to keep me around like that those noises in my head got really, really big. (sighs) So it was when we went into the class last, (laughs) last Saturday. With Nicole. Born in a cult. Yes. Born in a cult (laughs) classes. Sorry. Yanya Yanya Lalich and Beth and Sally. So the analogy that she used (laughs) was the soda bottle yeah of how if you take a soda bottle and you keep shaking it and shaking it what's going to (laughs) happen kablam Uh uh-huh whereas if you're aware of okay my bottle got shaken let me let a little pressure out let me let you know so like that whole analogy is just like fuck like that's where i like missed the marks that's where I messed up so badly is I wasn't pacing myself I wasn't setting myself up for success because in my mind success was like finishing a whole to-do list 
I represent I5 Freedom Network, the people that I work with, the most genuine people that there ever is, because all they want to do is help people who have gotten out of the trafficking, like trafficking life, whether it was labor trafficking or sex trafficking, the most precious people. And so in my mind, I was like, I can't fuck up. I can't disappoint them. I felt like I had to produce this this website and I stayed up two full nights to get this website out and done because they didn't say it but at the time I heard you're messing up you need to get this done and then I sent off all the information website here's all this and one of the first emails I got back was like want you to do this and this to the page I'm like, ah, motherfucker, I stayed up two whole nights to do, which is not a professional reaction. And I didn't say that to him. This was in my mind. But if I took a step back, if I could have taken a step back and said, I need to manage myself. I need to, I need to pace myself, put boundaries and check points. I would be able to very clearly see (laughs) that no one's asking that of me. No one's asking me to like martyr myself to get things done. The most important thing is that I show up and do my best and stay in communication. (laughs) But I missed all that. So when Beth was talking about that soda analogy, I was just like, holy fuck, that's literally what happened to me. And so I spent a couple days... (laughs) I broke down and I made a schedule. (laughs) Good for you. That's awesome. Which snack time on it or JJT or (laughs) get out. Do you have get out? I have get out on there. I have JJT. I have devotions. Do you have love up with Jesus time? I have love up Jesus time. I have fucking word time. I have oh my God. Word time. Word you hearing word time. When you're like, word. What What was word time? Okay, it must be crossword puzzles or like we're learning new words from the dictionary, maybe. Oh my God. Oh my God. Fuck. Get out, too. Like, what the fuck? Get out. Like, get out. What are you getting get, out of? Get, and why get out of what? Get out time. time to get out. <laughs> what? what do we have time to get out of? <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh. Funny stuff, man. It's fun to be in a place now where we've gone through some shit. (laughs) Yeah. And we've also been in in the world enough time and space that we can look back now and say, look, that was bananas. That was ridiculous. And laugh about it. Good for you for making a schedule. Yeah. Because also another thing that they mentioned, I think, in the week before in the Born in a Cult class was like self care is the bottom of the pyramid. There's this whole pyramid of things that you need to be an intact person. And self-care is number one. And I very much agree with that. I very much agree with that. If you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you're not drinking water, you're not exercising, you're going to crash and burn, period. Because your body needs all of those things to carry on. And the other thing too about sundowning that they were talking about, Never make any decisions or any important things after dark because 
your body just simply is not at the same level of functioning as it is during daylight. I remember like when you were telling me that you had spent those hours at night writing the chapter and then you were like, the next day it didn't even make sense. And it was because you were too tired. You thought, okay, I'm getting this done. I'm doing this great. This has got to be what I should be doing. When in actuality, you should have been catching some Z's. (laughs) Yeah. Like the footnote to that is that self self care doesn't always necessarily have to look like taking care of your physical body, like eating, sleeping. I needed to do those, and I need to do those. <laughs> good at those. But what I just did, making myself a schedule and putting these boundaries in place and putting these reminders in place and being like, okay, this needs to happen every single day. That's self care. Yeah, and that's not. I didn't take myself to a spa. <laughs> Oh, someday, but no. So that's a really important thing in self-care is yeah. I needed to care for myself. And that doesn't necessarily mean physically. It, I wasn't mm-hmm. caring for my mental state. I wasn't caring for my emotional state. So, yeah. Ugh. Scheduling is boundaries, pretty much. It really is boundaries. Oh, it, it absolutely is. And it's setting and, that this is the time I'm going to do this. And then this is the time that I'm not available to be doing that. <laughs> yes. And see, so the other thing that the these classes have been amazing for me in is obviously there's a lot. And, yeah. and a lot of what we're looking at is our brain's reaction to things. Why we're doing things we're doing, blah, blah, blah. I started like going into some of this research and these studies and it's just been absolutely fascinating because I got diagnosed with depression, I think like eight years ago, like when I started actually going to see a doctor. At that time, a lot of the general perception of depression is sucks for you. That's your brain. The constant child abuse and uh, no safety, no blah, blah, blah. It, your brain grew in a different way. And now like here's some medicine and here's some like coping skills today, <laughs> but more and more um, these studies and these doctors are starting to pull forward with, wait a second, not only can you actually rewire and retrain your brain, but there's now starting to be more and more scientific proof that, um, that there is something about imagination versus reality and the way that your brain understands that and the, the affirmations and those type of activities, it's becoming more and more clear. That's not just something fun to say. It's taking more control over your brain because so much of my time until fairly recently, I've taken the experiences and the way that I was raised and all. I've taken it as something that happened to my brain, that happened to my <laughs> myself. And now I need to learn how to live with that. I need to do the best that I can do, which is once again, just putting pressure, just putting requirements and circumstances and conditions on myself. I'm starting to see like more and more the importance of understanding how much power we actually have in ourselves and in our brain. Part of what I wrote in the chapter was about that. Okay. Oh my gosh, here's this belief. And if I believe that that's for me, that's my worth. So things like that changes in my mind, like who's in the driver's seat of of your brain. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be your past. It doesn't have to be these things that happen to you. It doesn't have to be the mental illness that resulted from what happened in the past. 
those things are there, granted. I'm not minimizing those. But I don't think we all have fully realized how much power that we actually have yeah. in in getting back into the driver's seat of our mind. We call them coping skills, but I was just thinking today we should call them retraining skills or something like that because because coping is like, fuck, I need, I need crutches so I can cope with my broken ankle instead of, no, actually I am going to physical therapy so I can retrain my foot. Yeah, that's itself. a really good point. It was, so, wasn't it in that class too that they were saying like, you can't stop the thought from coming, but you can turn the volume down. And that's the same thing, letting the pressure out of the bottle a little. It's you can't stop your bottle from getting shaken, but you can depressurize. And I was so listening good. to this podcast about negative self-speak. A lot of the stuff they were saying was along the same line. You can't stop the thought from coming, but you can harness it. Mm. You can choose if you're going to amplify, minimize, transform, etc. So they had some really good ideas. Linguistic distancing. Use your own name or another person's name and take the I out of it. Like they were using an example of Malala when she was on some podcast or something. She was talking about her, her Malala about me. And then she was talking about herself being in a stressful situation. And she said, oh, Malala, just take the shoe and hit him on the head. Don't say me, 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 say Jemima or say whisper or say, put your own name into that. And apparently that kind of linguistic distancing helps your brain to process it in a little bit of a different way to where it's like bearing down on you emotionally. And yeah. there's a little, it's cutting a little cord right there. Yeah. And they were saying that stress in small doses is actually a good thing, but it's when it's prolonged that it's a problem. Yeah. Because anybody can understand why stress could be helpful in a situation for a short period of time. And then, but they were saying the act of thinking about the stressful situation is what keeps your physiological stress response activated. It's not the actual stress, stressful situation itself, which is like the whole PTSD thing. It's not the situation itself. It's the way that you react to it afterwards and the way that you're able or not able to process it. But that was super interesting. It's super good response. Yes. The key is our response. Exactly. And, And I think one of the reasons people are scared of talking about mental health issues and mental illness is because there's that element of like lack of control. Yeah. This is a response to what happened to me and I just have to deal with it cope with it. Let's stop saying cope. Yes, it's our responses, but we have control over that. Or we can grow ourselves into a place. We can make ourselves stronger in the responses, take more control in our responses. And that's out there. That's not, that is out there. And th- this yeah. is not at all, this is not at all to say, if you can't do this, you're failing, not, nothing like that. I'm here saying I just completely fucked up my life the last couple of weeks. I can't kid myself that, that that won't happen again, but I can say, okay, I saw what went so wrong there and I saw my responses <laughs> to what went wrong and my responses to what went wrong is where I failed because I closed in on myself. I froze like the whole thing instead of, okay, this went wrong in my life, whatever it might be. If it might be my personal thing, or it might be an outside person, <laughs> like, can you please fix this or change this or whatever? And 
I don't have control over those, but I can respond to those. And I didn't respond to them. And that's where I, that's where I fell short. <laughs> that's where I fucked up. <laughs> Another really cool thing they were saying is 2am chatter. Okay. Okay. I know this happens to me. I'm assuming mm -hmm. it happens to pretty much every other human being, right? Mm -hmm. Up in the middle of the night, all of a sudden there's these huge thoughts that you just can't get over. For me, usually it's a bill. Oh, I forgot this bill. How am I going to pay that? I'll start sweating oh, wow. yeah. and freaking out. And then <laughs> it's just it's a huge thing and you just can't go to sleep. It's like a monster mm -hmm. kind of a situation in front of you. It's almost like a nightmare, like waking yeah. up from a nightmare when, for me, I wake up in this terrible stress response and then just yeah. everything that could possibly be going wrong is flashing through my mind. Yeah. So they said a couple things you can do. Activate a useful alter ego and act as they would to talk yourself down from the situation. Ask yourself how you'll feel about it tomorrow or next week or next month. Like mental time travel. Helps to make it clearer that whatever you're experiencing will probably get better. Yeah. My, my coach, Jolie Dawn, she says, borrow the confidence from your future self. Yep. That's pretty much exactly. Yeah. So borrow the peace, borrow the, borrow what you can from your future self. It's there. You yeah. Borrow. yeah, exactly. Right. I thought that was really cool. That's so good. Yeah. That's like good. just saying, okay, hang on, Jemima. <laughs> Take a step back here. Okay. All right. How did you take care of that shit last month? Has this always worked out for you before? Miraculously, somehow, yes, it has. Is your power on? Yes. Is your water on? Yes. You still have a house. The chances that you're going to lose all your shit tomorrow is very minimal and you need to just like calm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing that happened. My, my therapist, who I adore and has been with me through a lot of tough stuff, she's been gone for six weeks. Which, uh, yeah. So, I, like, literally, I was not bouncing, like, I was not taking care of myself. Like, I was not reaching out for help with anyone. But, anyways, to, I was able to talk to her today. And she was like, she's like, okay, wait, but did you get fired? <laughs> What's that movie where he's, okay, but did you die? <laughs> did you die? <laughs> but did you die? And I was like, no, actually, I wasn't fired. And again, that just brings it back down into that space of hey this is manageable yes yes exactly and then another thing of their suggestions not for the 2am chatter but just in general for negative self-speak mm -hmm. is to talk to people that will help you deal with the chatter and people who will listen and broaden your perspective and normalize your experience because mm -hmm. like toxic positivity is basically selfishness yeah. like, I, I don't want to hear your shit so hey why don't you just get over it and smile and we'll all be okay yes so those are not the kind of people if you have friends to choose to speak to about something like that but the friends that you should choose to speak to are the ones that will be able to you know like if you talk to me or if I talk to you, same thing. Mm -hmm. We can always help each other sort of put things in a better perspective, reframe, look at things a little bit differently in a more healthy way. Yes. Like we'll come to each other with our problems. I wouldn't necessarily go to so-and-so from work because they're just going to be like, hey, let's just smile because it's all good. Yep. See you tomorrow. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> like choose to share those kind of things with the people who will be a support to you. Good tips, yep. huh? 
Yeah. Yeah. And that, that comes back to the class again, too. The thing they were saying, too. It's just, OK, you're not going to be able to understand or come up with solutions or places to go in that time if everything's new. I don't know. Andy, I don't know who I will be talking to. I don't know who I can talk to. I don't know. It's, it's like having an emergency contact. <laughs> On your farm, you need to have your emergency contact to say, okay, I know that if I get underwater, I have this person who is in my life that's going to not judge me. That's going to be like, girl, don't worry. It's going to be okay. Which, like 99% of the time, for me, that's you. But what really, like, what, what was really saying on my shoulders was that piece of these little things, quote unquote, little things shouldn't be bothering you as much. So like, it's shameful to talk about them. So I definitely was letting shame take a lot of control of me, which I shouldn't have. I'm sitting here right now (laughs) talking to you and telling you about what I was going through this last month. And I've had to boot it from my head a couple of times. Nobody wants to hear from you they just heard from you last week whisper like nobody wants to hear from you this week but that's like i'm sitting here like actively having to be like okay listen people can turn off the podcast if they want to not hear you yeah (laughs) no that's that's the kind of negative self-talk though that comes up yeah (laughs) but those are the kind of thoughts that you can't stop it from coming it's gonna come but you were able to turn the volume down You're able to be like, obviously, people like to listen to us because (laughs) we're in in 56 countries now with her (laughs) and like 1,230 cities. So, well, and (laughs) 10,000, we've gotten all the download accomplishments available on Buzzsprout. Yeah, I looked it up today. It's 10.6 thousand or something. It says you've. Uh, received all the possible achievements for downloads. <laughs> You're like, hmm, yeah, that doesn't so sound right. <laughs> he can dust that little nobody wants to hear from whisper thought right into the trash. And like people do like to see a train wreck, which that's a little bit of me. It's, it's, I always thought that someday I would get to this point where things wouldn't be so hard. I did. Yeah. I always thought that maybe mm-hmm. when I have this or maybe when I have that or when I get to here, or when I get to there. But that's like saying that happiness is a place and it's not, it's, it is, but it's inside of you. It's not somewhere that you can travel to go to or attain to or get to. But <laughs> even through interviewing people on this podcast, we've interviewed psychologists and therapists and people that are leading this and leading that. And every single one of them has said the same thing. You don't get to a point where you're like, okay, I've made it. I feel great now. Life is wonderful. Everything's happy. No more problems. That's not, that's just not the way that life goes. Yeah. We are constantly learning and there's not like a pinnacle (laughs) goal. There's not a peak. There's not the top of Mount Everest for us. This isn't like destination-based healing. (laughs) We're also not trying to go back to a place. If someone loses their legs and accident, you don't expect them to grow their legs back. (laughs) And that's not to say one way is better or worse or whatever. I'm obviously like if there's things that you lose when anything traumatic has happened to you, whatever it is, whether you're losing your legs or you're losing your childhood. (laughs) (laughs) 
funny. There's going to be, there's going to be loss and we can't go back and become children again. We can't grow legs. We can't go back to a version of ourselves before whatever it might be like back when I was skinny, <laughs> back when I was organized, back when I was like super, I don't know, whatever, star quarterback. <laughs> we don't go back to places anymore. Our focus needs to be creating the very best, strongest version of ourselves where we are right now with the cards that we've been dealt. Yep. The here and now. Yeah. It's hard to. I, it's so hard, right? Because <laughs> yeah. Your brain is <laughs> yeah. always woo, 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 woo. And not just your brain, but I like. I think it's super important to acknowledge the role that social media and outside influence has on us. So you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And this is how here's somebody who made $30,000 just from clicking this button. And all of a sudden you're like, fuck, why didn't that happen to me? So there, that is a really super big component that hopefully we can do ourselves a favor and walk away from that <laughs> a little bit more often than we do. Yes. Treat ourselves with the same love and respect that we would treat our best friend, right? Yes. There there are those moments where I'm for me when I'm like, why didn't you talk to Jemima? And I'm like, Uh, it's like here i just threw your life raft and you're like it's okay i'll keep swimming (laughs) (laughs) i could swim for a couple more hours just it's all right just keep that buoy over there i might make it (laughs) that's a good point though yeah sometimes it's hard to even accept the fact that you need help it's hard to to make that concession to yourself. And it's really important. It's probably one of the more important things that us ex-cult babies need to be aware of because we were raised in a place where we were literally on the bottom of the of the list as far as attention, as far as importance. So that is a way of life that we grew into we're trying to teach ourselves a different language (laughs) than the one that we were raised in. And sometimes we're going to mess up. Yeah. It's hard. It's a very good analogy though. It's like learning a new language. It takes years, if not an entire lifetime to master a language. And we're just learning the language of life. (laughs) We are learning the language of life as interpreted by each individual. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing to really learning the correlation or the similarities of growing up in a high control situation or a narcissistic home or in a high control relationship or coercive relationship. The feelings and the outcome are all very often the same. on the individual. And there were so many of us who were born into the captivity of our own families. Yeah. We are born as prisoners of war. Yeah. In our own families. What did I say that we were prisoners of the war 
that they were fighting against their own children. That's exactly right. I appreciate you giving me the space time to to talk this all out with you. Decompress. You held held space for me very well. (laughs) You untwisted the bottle cap and we both watched the pressure escape. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good analogy. It's good stuff. It really yeah. stuck with me that. Yeah. That yeah. Sure. So we both highly recommend the Born in a Cult <laughs> classes. They actually have quite a few different classes. They have some on relationships, foundations of recovery, all different ones. And I'm imagining they're all just as good. And if nothing else, just sitting there in that zoom chat with all these other people that share some sort of similar experience to yours and that you hear them saying things that you could be saying yourself. It's almost just relaxing to know that other people understand. It makes you feel so much less alone, so much less alone. Yeah, absolutely. We're going into a space where we know whether we speak or not, that we're going to be heard. Yeah. And accept it. Yes. I personally am really getting a lot out of it. And I think it's a fantastic thing. Definitely highly recommend it. Yeah. The more you understand yourself, the better you can deal with yourself, the better equipped you are to heal yourself. Yeah. And it's actually pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty cool that we're, we're in a place where our experiences and our past are becoming more understood and are coming out more in front of the general population because it's becoming more safe. It's becoming more okay to be who you are in those spaces. So I'm grateful for that. We're still hanging in there. (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. And thank you. I'm going to personally thank you for listening to me. Listening to my 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 trials and my tribulations. Shit, I do not like that language. Yes, but thank you so much for listening to us and joining us on this podcast. And stay brave and remember that every butterfly was once a caterpillar.